Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Hey guys, welcome to episode four, where we're going to be talking about gentleness again and how it impacts building relationships with other people. You know, recently I had this amazing opportunity to interact with a great group of women, all committed to discussing the vision of building more authentic relationships. I thought it was so amazing that these women were so interested in having this in their regular life. They were really willing to come together and talk about what works, what doesn't work, what does the Bible say about building relationships, and what gets in the way of having these deep and meaningful connections with each other. Do you ever feel like having real friends is difficult? I know I have before. I have these things that roll around in my mind that are like, Uh, I don't ever do enough with them for them to actually count as being a friend. Or uh, they don't really ever ask me how I'm doing, and I don't really ever ask them how they're doing. So are we friends? Or uh, I just never see them anymore. I'm not sure that that really counts as an authentic, deep relationship. Or maybe it's just things like surfacey stuff, like "Eh, their social media is so much better than mine, way cuter. They're always doing amazing things. Our family is not doing amazing things. We're just over here, nose to the grindstone, doing the next thing. Or sometimes I feel like I've been the needy person enough times, and I really need to wait until I'm not the needy person. (laughs) Maybe there's just this honest feeling that we don't want to admit sometimes, like, I don't really want to spend time with them, but I'm afraid to admit it. Or our kids don't get along, or our parenting's different. All these things that are like barriers to building relationship that are in our mind that we think around. Well, building relationships can be pretty rough sometimes. And I think the truth is, is that sometimes we're a lot harder on us and the people that we're trying to connect with than what's really necessary. And I think this is why it's such a great opportunity to talk about this in relationship to building the fruit of the spirit of gentleness. You know, the definition of gentleness that I'll use here today is that gentleness is the quality of being kind, tender, and mild-mannered. I just wonder how often we apply this kind of gentleness to our efforts at building relationships, our desire for really deep connection, and how difficult that can feel sometimes, or even gentleness around how other people are showing up and whether or not it's really what we would consider enough for them to really be our friend. These are barriers that get in the way of authentic relationship. So let's talk about this in the context of something that I've recently been 
doing in a lot of different ways, but I'll just get this. I think this will give you an example of how we have stories around the responsibility of building connections and how we can be kind of harsh with ourselves and other people in, in certain scenarios in building these relationships. So lately our family has been uh, moving and transitioning. We've had some really big transitions in our family. And as a result, that means that we have had the opportunity to really get involved in a number of different churches over the years. So we've done enough variety that there's all these different scenarios, right? You've got the really the small congregation where they've been a small congregation for years. They Everybody knows everybody. And the people that go to that church are like family, or sometimes they are all family. And when you come into a situation like that, um, the feeling can sometimes be, A, it's really obvious that you're a new person, right? Everybody knows that you're a visitor. But then the other thing that happens is that it can be a little bit difficult to break in long term to that kind of group because they're so close-knit and bound together. It can take a long time to feel like you belong in a space that way. On the other hand, they can also be really friendly and welcoming in the beginning. Another church option that we've seen is where there's this new startup church and they're like really gung-ho to get the word out there. And so their middle name is making people making new people feel welcome and how can we get to know you and how can we quick absorb you in and the wonderful thing about that is that it really can create very quickly a sense of belonging and if we're not careful on the flip side we could tell a story that this is a church who's just so hungry to have people work for them that we're going to get sucked into a job very quickly or um or we're going to be having to immediately start serving in a lot of different ways and be exhausted. Or take the mega church. We've also recently experienced that and in, in going into a really big church and how it's it's great because there's lots of activities and loads of people and plenty of online help and greeters and people to help you get where you need to go. And you can, there's the space for you to kind of sit back and kind of take a breath before you jump right in. And the flip side of that is that sometimes in those moments, it can feel a little bit like nobody notices you. You know, sometimes you can go in and nobody introduces themselves to you or nobody, um, goes out of their way to get to know you on a deeper level. And that's one of the weaknesses of a big church is that you could be going in and be the new person sitting down. And then what we've discovered is that we think, oh, it's, it's that person's job to really, you know, reach out to me, welcome me to this group. And what you don't realize is that you're sitting right next to someone else who is also a guest. And so you both could be thinking the same thing at the same time of, oh, well, it should be there. I can't believe that they're not reaching out. And so there's that piece too. You could meet somebody for the first time and say, oh, are you new here? And they're like, no, I've been going here 15 years. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so there's all these 
wonderful aspects of different scenarios where we begin to build relationships. And going to new churches is just one of these examples, right? And there's there's great things about them and there's hard things about them. There's weaknesses, if you will. And so I think that the difference in in the dynamics really helps us start to see what beliefs do we have around building relationships? Are we hard on ourselves or are we hard on other people in these scenarios? And I think this is a great opportunity for us to think about which scenarios really resonate with us the most. And often those are going to be our biggest barriers to building deeper relationships. So in order to really talk about this, um, I have the opportunity of going over six great questions that my friend and sister-in-law, Lisa Turner, came up with when she was having this discussion in her, in her home with, the, with this group of women committed to discussing the vision of building more authentic relationships. So I'm going to get right into it, starting with question number one, which she asked, when we put ourselves out there, say we ask a couple out for lunch or another mom to meet at a playground or a play date, or we try to get to know someone, but we keep getting a no, how do we deal with rejection and how do we stay encouraged to keep trying? My answer for this particular question is to ask some key questions. So the, how do we stay encouraged to keep trying? Well, first of all, let's figure out what are we telling ourselves about these interactions? Are we making up a story about what they really think? I, this used to get in my way all the time. I would tell a story in my head when I was interacting with another woman that they were just tolerating me. They didn't really care what I was saying. They were just tolerating me. And you know, that belief really gets in the way of having a deep connection. When I realized, oh, I'm believing this and it's not true. And other people would were very quick to say, no, it's not true. I genuinely do enjoy being around you. It opens up space to actually be able to interact in a vulnerable way and say, okay, this really is okay. They really do are enjoying this and I can be myself and not feel like that's a problem for somebody else. So what story are you telling yourself about the interaction that you're having? You can also ask, what do you really want here? I think sometimes we're not really gentle about our interactions because sometimes the belief can be, okay, I really need to be friends with this person and this person and this person. And I don't, I I don't call them. I don't text them. The honest truth is that with our very busy society and socially saturated uh, society today, the honest truth is you can't be super close, super deep friends with everybody all the time. <laughs> it's a it takes work to invest in deep relationships. That doesn't mean that you can't have a lot of deep relationships, but what it does mean is that they do take work, which takes energy, which means that it requires some form of recovery in some way shape or form. And 
So do you really, are you really longing for a deep relationship with this person or that person? And that it's okay to have some people that you're deeper, you have deeper relationships with other than others, and you don't have to feel guilty about that. Another question you can ask is that I love is, what do I have to believe in order to feel safe in this situation? You know, this is so helpful because I think it points us back to the truth. What do I know is true is another way of looking at it. Like, what do I know is true biblically or in this situation that I'm not fully believing? And if I were going to believe it, then I would be able to feel safe in really expressing what's really going on with me. And then finally, who do you want to be, whether this relationship gets deeper or not? I think that's so important with my husband and with my kids. Like, who am I committed to being as a friend to them, regardless of how they're feeling or how they're acting or or whether or not they're putting in what I would consider, quote, the effort that is necessary to really make this a deep level relationship. You know, with my kids, I'm very committed to having a deep relationship with them, whether they're committed to having a deep relationship with me or not. Does that make sense? I hope that resonates with some of you moms out there. Like we're all in whether they realize that they have the opportunity to be all in or not. (laughs) Um, When my six-year-old says, I hate your guts. You're the meanest mommy in the whole world. I'm still fully committed to a very deep, loving relationship with that child. And it has nothing to do with whether or not they are throwing a temper tantrum at the same time. But then sometimes we base how we make decisions in other relationships very differently and somebody else can be off and and having a rough day and they're spouting off and they're like, oh, nope. They don't want to be my friend anymore. Fine. I'm not going to be their friend either. (laughs) And I think it's just so helpful to pull a note out of that playbook for the mom with a kid relationship, because it really helps us see how we can choose to be who we want to be, regardless of how other people are showing up. So the second question is, how do we have joy for what God is doing in the life of another sister or friend Can you talk a little on how we rewire our minds to rejoice even over the small things? Well, I think that the answer here is to be kind to your mind and that your problem-solving skills are a gift. You know, I will never forget the moment where I realized that I kind of treated all of life like I was hiking up a mountain, looking at the stones and the rocks to make sure that we weren't tripping over anything. And that is such an incredible gift to myself, to my family, to be able to watch out for danger ahead and be able to get around it and avoid those uh, difficulties to strategize, to be more efficient, to get things done. But I think sometimes uh, I would get into the habit of always doing that and not really taking time to enjoy what's going on or be willing to sort of create a new pathway that does have some of those rocks and bumps and things that are necessary and part of a new a new thing. If you look at it like you're building a new road, I think 
part of the gentleness in building relationships is that at first it really is uncomfortable going. It's not like going down a super highway. It's like tromping through the woods and there's there's brush in your face and there's sticks and stones in the pathway. It's not cleared and it takes time. It takes time to build that relationship. It takes time to clear the rubble out of the path. It takes time to to hack the brush away. And, you know, eventually you can maybe have a little goat trail through the woods and then you would put some gravel down. You might have a gravel road and then you could pave it and then it could be a double lane. And eventually, if you continue to work on it, you can get to the place of a superhighway. But I tell you from experience of leaving one place and going to a completely new place and having to start all over on some relationships that we find ourselves longing to go down this super highway of deep connection that we had once immediately with new people. Now, I think there are ways that we can connect really quickly, but that's not always the way it happens. And so if it's not happening that way, I think it's okay for it to take time and to be gentle with things and patient with them as you develop those relationships. Number three is how do we get over only relating to each other by commiserating? Oh my goodness, this is one of my favorite things about building relationships in a new way. You know, the Bible talks about, think about, Whatsoever things are pure and holy and just and a good report. In Philippians, it talks about those things. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise. And interesting enough, in that passage, it doesn't say, think about all of the things that you wish were different, that you're worried about, that you're afraid are going to happen, that happened on the news, that um, that your kids, you know, talk Connect over the things that all of your kids are doing that annoy you. Uh, The things to talk about and dwell on are all the ways that your husband doesn't really cut it at home with the housework. You know, those are not the things that the scripture tells us to connect over. It, It tells us to think about good things and joyful things. But our culture as a whole really has... A, a habit, a tradition of connecting with others through problems. I want you to think about this for, for a minute and just think about the last few conversations that you've had with people. What were the first things that you talked about? You know, one time I was trying to come up with something to talk about and I realized that my habit was to start a conversation by shocking people that I had seven kids and how hard that is in life and how crazy they are and how um, how efficient I have to be with my time in order to really be a mom that's doing things well. You know, that was how I connected. And they'd be like, oh, wow, yeah, that's really crazy. And gives us something to talk about. But it doesn't really lead us towards joy, does it? It leads us towards discouragement. And I think that when we spend our time talking about what's wrong in the news and what's wrong in in society and all those things, as well as like just dwelling on the problem so often, 
we drag each other down when we could really be celebrating. So I, and I really think that the celebration is an integral piece of how to build these deeper relationships. Now, some people think that learning to celebrate with other people is actually difficult, but I think that this is another place where gentleness is applied because I think that you can just be silly with it. It gets to be easy. We just own that it's new and we try it. So recently my suggestion to a friend was, if you want us to start a new habit of really rejoicing and celebrating with somebody else, but it feels really awkward, then you can try something like, hey, you know what? I really want to start having more conversations around what's going well in our lives and hear about the things that are being, that are really rocking awesome in our lives. Could we take turns talking about some of the great things that are going on for each of us? Because I just think that would be super encouraging for each other. And we could really celebrate that the areas that we're doing well. Of course, that feels weird and silly and awkward. But if you just own that it feels silly and awkward and ask flat out rather than trying to have it happen naturally, you'll get there so much faster. Isn't that so much more a gentle approach to transitioning how you talk about things and the kinds of topics that you discuss? Which is like, yeah, this feels really weird, but I still want to do it. And so let's try it. It's a little bit like going to a new restaurant and neither of you have ever tried hot spicy Thai food or neither of you have ever learned how to crack crab legs. And the first time you go, you feel like really stupid and like, I don't really know how this works, but let's try it anyway. And you have a great time just trying something new. You can just let it be that easy. You can apply the gentleness to this particular technique and practice rejoicing together. It can be so amazing. The fourth question is in regards to knowing our sisters more deeply, knowing them so well that we know how to help and serve one another. Do you have any advice on how we actually do this in everyday life? This is a quick answer. I'm just going to suggest that we don't have to make it any bigger than it has to be. Again, what if it gets to be gentle and easy? You know, something is better than nothing. And you can even set a reminder of like on your phone or something of like, who can I bless today? I was thinking about too often. I try to make things epic when they should just be done. So bake a cake for somebody. Great. Bake an epic cake feels overwhelming and might not actually happen. And then nothing happened. Remembering that I wanted to connect with somebody uh, like maybe over the phone or something, and I haven't managed to do it. You know, those times when you kind of get like, okay, a little bit of time has gone by. I really ought to connect with them. Okay. A lot of time has gone by now. I'm going to, it's going to have to be like really important. And I have to have something really like worth saying to call them up because now it's been so long that it's kind of awkward. Okay. Now it's been a really long time. And so it's going to be really awkward that I'm just like, Hey, I just called up to chat. I want you to put yourself in the position of the person being called 
I know if somebody calls me out of the blue and I haven't heard from them in a long time, I do not sit there and dwell on the fact that they haven't called in forever. And what could they possibly be wanting? They call me up and my first thought is, oh, I haven't heard from them in such a long time. What a great thing that we're talking. This is great. This is wonderful. And if you're not a phone person, text, email, I don't know, shoot them. It doesn't have to be long. Shoot them something short. It gets to be easy. Just do the thing. Don't make it bigger than it has to be. Question number five was, how have you encouraged your children on building relationships? The answer is lots of opportunities. (laughs) If you want to do something well, you get to practice. That's how it works. So having the kids have opportunities to practice this in their everyday lives is something that's important. And then we talk about what went well, what was hard. Were you able to meet somebody new? Um, Giving them challenges. I know it's been kind of difficult for them lately in our family where they've had to leave this church and go try a new church or go try a new group of something or go try a new school opportunity or go like there's all these different new things. And so one way to do that is to really make it simple and say, today, when you're going into this new environment, the challenge is, can you come home and tell me about, tell me the name of one person you met and something about them. And that really helps them wrap their mind around what equals success. Okay, I don't have to meet all these people at this new thing. I only have to meet one person and find out their name and something about them. Okay, well, I can do that. Don't you ever, like, don't you love things that are like, when you break it down to some simple task, it's like, it takes it from feeling impossible to, hey, I could do this. This isn't that big of a deal. Well, that's a great way to do it with our kids too. If they're overwhelmed about meeting a new group, you don't have to meet everybody. Pick one person. Find find somebody else that looks nervous to meet other people and go talk to them. They're just as nervous as you are and ask their name and something interesting about them and tell them who you are and something interesting about you. We role play at home sometimes. We We practice, you know, so that it's not a brand new experience when they're meeting new people. And then I think it's important to remind our kids that it's okay that it feels uncomfortable. It's okay to to feel a little bit awkward about sharing more deep and meaningful things with other people because it's vulnerable. It really is a risk. We do risk being hurt when we share deeper parts of ourselves. But that's also the best way that we have deeper connections and love and joy is by doing that. Another easy way, another gentle way that we get to build relationships is by serving other people. It's amazing how if you volunteer to go do work with somebody else, that there's like this natural progression of connecting with the people that you're working with as a result of serving together. And that can be a really gentle way of making deeper relationships a lot faster. Uh, Recently, I went on a mission trip to Wisconsin with a bunch of people that I almost barely knew. 
And I would say that at least at least half of the people that I went with, I felt like I went with knowing virtually nothing about them to coming back and feeling like I know them on a level that is not just a, hey, how are you doing in the hallway? It's a, no, like, I want to know, like, how's your job going? How are your kids? I, I'm interested to know how they're navigating these things that they were working on when we talked last. So we really move fast when we serve. We move our relationships fast when we serve together. The last question is, how do you, a mother of seven, owner of a business, just starting out at a new church, have time or energy to build relationships? Well, the truth of the matter is that we make time for what's important. And the other truth of the matter is, honestly, I could be better at this, faster, more dedicated. And as soon as I started th- start thinking about how I'm not as great at this as I would love to be, I noticed this pattern of kind of that self-flagellation, like I'm not enough. I don't do this well. I dropped the ball here. I haven't sent that card. I, you know, and I think that it's so important for us to remember that showing up with a gentleness of spirit, choosing to be curious with other people, speaking to other people before we're spoken to, because somebody else is longing to have the conversation started for them. Intentionally putting ourselves in a place of having to meet other people so that we grow our relationships and then just gently letting it take time is really the key to gently building relationships and maintaining them. Don't forget that we all tend to be pretty hard on ourselves and so I want to anchor you back into this idea of gentleness being kind and tender tender and mild-mannered. What one next thing are you able to choose to do in a spirit of gentleness today? Who comes to mind that you could calmly reach out to today or share love with or maybe share something that's going on with you, a need? You know, I love helping other people. And I know that I'm not the only one that feels that way. In fact, when somebody else comes to me and really pours out their heart, I feel loved by that. So I know that other people do too, that there are other people that when when we share our lives with them, it it says, I love you. You're important enough to me that I want to share with you. So one way you can be a friend is by sharing your life with somebody else. So I challenge you to consider one next step of action in how you can apply gentleness to building relationships today. Thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Hi, Mary here. Are you not sure what action you should be taking right now? Are you tired of the illusion of unicorns and rainbows all over social media? Or do you wish you had a safe space to talk about what's really going on and find the courage and encouragement to enjoy your busy life? Well, head over to maryeldritchcoaching.com slash LST and apply to join our tribe. The life support team, that's maryeldritchcoaching.com slash LST, 
has helped moms who feel discouraged find real, true hope and joy. It's helped moms who feel overloaded find space to consider exploring their hobbies or starting a new entrepreneurial adventure or things like foster care or really serving in their communities. It's also helped moms who feel like failures on a regular basis turn that around and feel like heroes all the time. You know, we'll be opening enrollment again for the end of August and September, so this is the perfect time to go check it out. I'm telling you, this life support team is like nothing else you've ever tried. We take this fruit pursuit to a whole other level. We take action. You'll get weekly trainings, daily journal prompts, face-to-face life coaching, a super supportive tribe, all committed to loving God and their families well while enjoying it, and so much more. I promise you, I over-deliver in that group. You can expect it to be amazing. So don't waste time trying harder or working longer or numbing out on your phone. Head on over to maryaldrichcoaching.com slash LST and apply today. Let us help you get busy loving God, loving others, and enjoying it. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?